Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And thankfully, this ball game's going to come to an end. But at least, Bill, we got a small sample size. Bulls ran some early pick and rolls with Booch along with Zach Levine. Booch finishes his Bulls debut with the 21-9-4 game. And this game is over. Welcome back in on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm Mark Grody here with you for another 45 minutes. 845 is when the Bulls are at Golden State. The man whose voice you just heard, Chuck Swirsky, will be calling Bulls in Golden State along with Bill Wennington. So they'll jump in just a little bit after 9 o'clock tonight. And yeah, I like you. I watched that Bulls game the other day against San Antonio. 120-104. to 104. Actually... I watched the Saturday Bulls game on my DVR on Sunday. And when I was offered the opportunity after the viewing to delete, as my DVR will do, I could not. I was so happy because sometimes like when that delete thing comes up on, in my case, on Xfinity, I'm like, man, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe I want to keep this around. No. No, in, in the case of that Bulls game, there was really nothing that we could learn from that Bulls game or positives from which to to take away, even though, yeah, things got a little bit better towards the end, but that's just because it's the NBA and teams take their, their foot off the proverbial gas, and that's why all teams make runs in the NBA for some reason. Uh, but, yeah, I, I deleted that game quickly after, indeed, yeah, I watched the whole thing. I didn't just stop when they were getting blown out. I wanted to see that exactly how Billy Donovan was going to use Zach Levine and the all-new Nikola Vucevic, and it, it didn't work out, at least in game one. And no, no, I am not worried, and I, I wasn't like sounding alarms like, what a bad deal, and those guys can't play. I get it. It's it's going to take some some time for this to, to work out. 21 points, 9 rebounds for Vucevic in his one and only game in a Chicago Bulls Uniform. The Bulls actually had a, a good start to that game. Vucevic with it was good on his first attempt. He had a beautiful assist early on. Patrick Williams with a blow-by basket, and then basically the whole thing went to hell. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to take some time to gel, and that is, <coughs> pardon me, that's what brings me to the the head coach Billy Donovan, about whom we were speaking in the last segment. That. It's now there's a little real pressure on Billy Donovan. It is now up to him to organize this basketball team, to organize it rotationally on offense and certainly 
on the defense. Big holes on D. Lots of mismatches. The wrong switching of the samples all, all the time in that game against San Antonio. We've seen it all year. I mean, the Bulls defense has struggled this year, but now more than ever, Billy Donovan has got to figure it out. He he has been given the horses, and I, I know he'll consult with Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley, and he'll have help, but now this is what co- the, Arturis gives you the players. Billy Donovan, you got to make this work, man, and I don't know what it's going to take. It's probably going to take some experimentation. It might take some more bad games by the Bulls. It might take a different starting lineup. I did think this starting lineup was interesting for the first, we'll just call it the first Vucevic game, that it was Vucevic starting along with Zach Levine, um, Thomas Sadoransky, the point guard, Patrick Williams started, and the one that surprised me a little was Lowry Markkinen starting. And... That's mostly because of his lack of defense and Thaddeus Young, who has been really good this year. So I I don't know that that's going to be something that stays as it was, but I was a little surprised that it wasn't Thad Young for for Lowry Markkinen um, in that case. So... Yeah, there, there are things that Billy Donovan is going to have to figure out, and we'll find out. Well, we're going to find out like what kind of a coach he is. I mean, this is what we've been wanting, I think, as far as those of us who observe, report on, or are fans of the Chicago Bulls. You want to see them have the right talent, and then you think, at least we suspect, that from the beginning of this year you had the right coach in place or a guy who is competent and has has been proven in a couple stops in the NBA and obviously the work that he did at at Florida. Let's listen to to Billy Donovan first. And one of the tricks here is, and I, I am, again, not worried, but it, it's going to take some time for the two stars, I'll say it, Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, to, to work together. And Billy Donovan doesn't want these two guys to force it. Take a listen to Billy Donovan. Oh, I think, Joe, that's a big, that's a big part of it. I think it's a, a huge part of it. You know, I think, you know, so much of Zach, um, you know, at least in, in this year, he's played at such an exceptionally high level and has carried us in so many ways and, and really kept us in games and uh, really kept us, you know, I think very, very competitive. And now you had a guy like Vooch and uh, he's trying to learn. I, I think the thing that, that Zach cannot do is start to worry about feeding him. Like there's opportunities to find Vooch and we missed him a bunch tonight. It's just, I think those guys playing with each other. And I do think because Zach is an unselfish player and he wants to win, I thought he shot the ball poorly, in my opinion, from the perspective that he was trying to find him. And I think it took him out of rhythm too. But I do agree with you totally. Playing with a player like that will take an adjustment period. It's, and it's gonna take it's gonna take a period, not only for him, but I think with, with everybody. And that's the one thing that's so unique about Thad. You know, you dump Thad out there with anybody. He just kind of functions and knows how to where to get to and where to get to his spots and how to play. And, you know, I think even, you know, a lot of times, you know, Zach's in pick and roll with Vooch and, you know, he's kind of coming downhill, but he's also kind of looking out of the corner of his eye to try to find them. And that's just going to take a little bit of time. But but I do agree with you on that statement. I think it's going to be good with with those two. And I think it's the perfect time for for Vucevic for this reason with Zach Levine because if this was the beginning of the season like if Vucevic had been here from the start let's say the trade happened like before opening night there there was the Levine really had some let's face it Levine had some individual goals 
for for this year and or i just say an individual goal and that was to be an all-star and i think it was even though he was was trying not to exactly use the words i think it was hugely important to him he was letting other people do the talking he let the media you know it seems like there there was seemed to be there was there when I mean, there was a campaign as by the Bulls, as they should do for their players, to get him into the All-Star game. Anytime anybody associated with the Bulls had a chance, it was, Levine's got to be an All-Star. And then you started to hear it when they, I remember they had the National game at one point. I can't remember who it was that was really touting Zach Levine to, to, it was the Philadelphia game, whoever was doing that game really touting him to be an all-star. And that, that was the point where I'm like, okay, this is really getting around. You know, you got to you gotta pump this guy up. And Levine was a deserving all-star. He got the individual accolades, some huge individual games. And it's good that he could take a deep breath from that and now just focus on winning with this, this Bulls team. And he seems like he's always had a pretty good attitude about that part and wanting to be a team guy and win first. But there was some individual stuff with Levine. There was, I think there was a little all-star game first with him. Now he's got that out of the way. And like many players in the NBA or any sport, now he can completely turn his attention to winning. And having another star uh, on the team is what is going to move the bull towards that. So I think it's going to be fun to watch those two figure it out. And that that is a case where you don't have to tinker with that. You're, you're going to let that play out. Maybe the guys around him are going to change. Rotations have to be figured out. Um, even with some of the other new guys, like Troy Brown Jr., who got some playing time, and Al Farouk Aminu, who played in the game as well. You're going to have Daniel Tice tonight. Um all good defensive players, by the way. Garrett Temple, another good defensive player who obviously has been around all year. But there are good defensive players that exist on this Bulls. It's up to Billy Donovan to figure that part out. Let's go now to to Vucevic himself. And he talks about, um, said it's a tough loss, but he expected there to be a learning curve. Well, obviously, you know, it, it didn't go the, the way we, we wish it did, but it's, you know, it's always difficult when uh, you make big major changes like, you know, this team did and you bring in players that, you know, uh, will have a major impact on the team. So I think we're just early on, we're just kind of trying to figure each other out. Uh, and I think we're just a little, you know, trying too much and not stepping each other's toes. So we're a little passive. And uh, the other end, Spurs, you know, played great and, you know, just scored very well. We couldn't get stops. and. You know, we missed a lot of shots around. So it was tough, you know, and then when you get in that big deficit, it's hard to play. But we, we, you know, we stayed with it. I think it was good for us to kind of make that run in the second half to build up some momentum, you know, have some uh, things, some positive things that we can carry on and learn from and watch film. So I think that, you know, there's some good and some bad, but it was to be expected. And uh, I think that you know, we can all learn from it. And uh, we knew it was going to be a process as it was just going to happen overnight. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to go. But I'm happy that we did make the push in the end and, you know, that we did make that effort. It's always important to do that. Uh, as far as me personally, uh, I mean, it was also you know, a game for me uh, where I needed to, you know, figure everything out. And there was a lot of things going on the last two days. But I think overall, uh, you know, it was pretty good for the first game. Uh, you know, I was uh, you know, trying to you know, play my teammates and get the feel for everything that we run and do. But I think that um, it was pretty good for the first game. And as the game went on, it was better. And I think it's, you know, there's some good things to carry on, like I said. 
That's Vujovic right there. So we get to see it in, in action tonight. Game two, attempt number two. We'll see what the starting lineup is with the, the Bulls, if there is a change, if it's still Lowry Market in there against Golden State tonight. I know Steph Curry has been out with uh, the, the bruised tailbone. But this is uh, kind of a... You know, I'm, I I did go from not really caring about the Bulls and their seeding and their playoff hopes to now all of a sudden wanting to know and being interested in it. This is not an ideal stretch in which the Bulls find themselves coming off the loss of San Antonio at Golden State tonight. And then they still have tough games against two very good teams in Utah, the Jazz team, which blew out the Bulls again pre-Vucevic, um, and then Phoenix as well. So this is not this is not exactly an easy string of teams against which to play to try to figure out what is going on with your rotations and how to fit in Vucevic and the rest of the guys that you have now. So it's a it's a it's a tough place the Bulls are in, but I'm glad that they are they're in this place. Not to mention the Bulls have lost seven in a row against the 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 Golden State Warriors. Let's hear one more from from Vucevic, and you know you got to figure he's still learning the playbook, and he he admits that that is going to take time as well. Uh, yeah, I mean the, obviously the, the, the shortened the uh, really shortened uh, on the offense what we're gonna run, and uh, they they send me a. Uh, like the playbook last night, so I was able to get a feel for it and learn a little bit. And uh, I felt like, I mean, it, it was a, uh, I knew most of the plays that we, we called. Obviously, you know, it's different knowing the actual play and actually, you know, getting the exact feel how to run it, uh, you know, getting the timing right and all those things. So I think that, uh, I mean, you could tell at times we're getting a little stagnant. We were like hesitant what to do. You know, uh, maybe, you know, I had one of the eight guys out there. They're just, I think they're just no more plays we haven't played together and uh, we haven't had a chance to practice or anything. So it's just like, we're still not having a nice play. So, but I think that, uh, you know, that the, the way the offense is, I think that won't take too long as far as me, you know, just getting that feel for it and everybody else that's, that's new because uh, it's, it's a lot of reads, a lot of easy basketball stuff they like to do. And I think as you know, we get more time to practice and stuff, we'll be able to add on to it and I think it should be good. But and also what's important is now we figure out our defense. Obviously tonight so that's very important going forward. I you know, and it's still it's still pretty amazing that the Bulls are that that the, the script of this season has flipped for the Bulls, where it went from development and fig, like kind of trying to figure out who Arturis Karnashovis is, like inferring from comments even from the way the team is configured and what Billy Donovan was doing, who he liked and who he didn't like. I mean, you saw the obvious moves with the the benching of of Kobe White and, you know, bringing him in as the sixth man and then starting Thad Young. I mean, like it was, a, it was like a matter of like trying to collect clues and from Bulls reporters that I've spoken to, like most of them admit they've, they've had a hard time with Arturis Karnaschova is trying to figure out what he ultimately will do or how he will comport. I didn't think that we would see any real moves or a move like this one until after this year. Like I thought it was going to be classic new boss comes in, kind of sits back and sees how things are run, tries to figure out what everybody does, 
who should stay, who should go, and then the real moves start to come, and you know you get an idea of, of, of kind of what type of player the Bulls might like in in the way they they drafted. Um, obviously, with Patrick Williams, and they're they're continuing to let him start and play through his growing pains. But this was right in your face to show you what he is thinking about the toughness of players. And I don't know if like his, his thought process going into this year was I want to win now, but he saw an opportunity to either win now or win a lot more quickly than maybe the, the plan had originally called for. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll give you the Bulls starting five. Also let you know if Steph Curry is playing tonight for the Golden State Warriors. Also want to get in. I have another Cubs thing I want to throw at you and a little bit of college basketball as well. A lot to do here in our last 20 minutes or so. It's Mark Grody here up until Bulls basketball at 845 on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Mully and Hall, Chicago's number one and most listened to sports morning show, period. NBA insider Casey Johnson. Say what you want about Lucevic being a facilitator and helping guard play, and I agree with that sentiment, but at the end of the day, you still need a point guard. This is not a knock on Tomas Sadoransky. To me, you need a high-level facilitating point guard. That, to me, is what needs to round out this roster. Mully and Hall, mornings 5 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's Sports Station. What's up? It's Mark Grody with you on The Score. A little bit of Bulls news here, right? A couple things about this, this Bulls game. It looks like it's going to be the same Bulls starting lineup as was the other night against San Antonio and Game one for Nikola Vucevic. So Billy Donovan sticking with the, the same group. And that would be Patrick Williams, Lowry Markkinen, Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, and Tomas Sadoransky. So he's sticking with it, even though it for one day, for one game, it didn't work out particularly well, as Steve Stone would say. But uh, like I said, uh, that you, you can, you are allowed to, as I did, quickly delete that game from my DVR because there was nothing from which to really learn and unless you'd want to just say that everything was true about what happened in that game. And it, it clearly wasn't, and Billy Donovan sticking with those those five guys. Here's another thing about tonight's Bulls game at Golden State. It looks like Steph Curry will play tonight. He has missed the last five or six games, I think it is, with a bruised tailbone. He will play in uh, tonight he's not going to start apparently but it looks like he will be poised to come off the bench which obviously is good news for Steve Kerr's Golden State Warriors a team that if you didn't know like the Bulls is under 500 Golden State 22 and 24 the Bulls 19 and 25 both teams as a matter of fact 10th in their respective conferences heading into this game so that's cool though I'm glad that Steph Curry is playing it'll make the game more ent- entertaining from an entertainment perspective to have Steph Curry playing out there if he indeed does come off the bench for Steve Kerr, which it looks like, again, he will he will do tonight. On the, the college basketball front, if you didn't hear this today, Mike Woodson is now going to be the new Indiana coach, as in college coach. And... 
The reason that is significant, other than it being a Big Ten team, and we track Big Ten teams and whatever, it's a major program, and you know Mike Woodson. It probably was the most logical place for Porter Moser to go as far as the openings that exist in Division I college basketball if Moser had planned to to leave Loyola. I have no idea if Indiana made a call to Moser, if there was any interest in him at all, because it does it doesn't seem like it would be a perfect match for the openings at Texas or Oklahoma. I'm sure Moser would be capable of doing it, of, of going to those jobs. I just don't know if he'd want to pack up and go. And that's where I'm coming from with this. I don't think, I'll bet you, and, and Porter Moser it would, would probably be making a mistake if he admitted this, he doesn't want to leave Chicago at this point. He doesn't want to leave Loyola. At this point, I'd be very surprised. I think he is way more at this point, just my guess, he's way more Pat Fitzgerald than somebody else who would want to jump schools to the next level at this point. He's He's got a big family in Chicago. This ain't his first rodeo. He's had past stops where things didn't work out like Illinois State. And, you know, he left Bloomington Normal, and I remember talking to people that, that went there. I was like, oh, they were like relieved that Porter Moser was gone. Oh, he's terrible. So he knows what it's like to go to a place and quote-unquote fail and, you know, maybe be miserable. I don't know if he was miserable. But at this point, you know, he if he gets, you know, a respectful raise from what he is making now and... They, they treat the program as they have uh, under his watch. I'll bet you, I'll bet you he, he hasn't wanted to go anywhere. And it would really take something crazy for Port- Porter Moser to want to move on at this time. And I get it. It's the Missouri Valley Conference. But life could be a whole lot worse. He has put Loyola in a place that it hasn't been since... What Al Frederick Hughes in the in the 1980s, and then obviously Loyola having won the only title in the 1960s. Um, so Porter Moser, I I think you have to look at it from a standpoint of quality of life for him being grounded here. This he's not he's 52. He's not 32. You know what I mean? Not that he's old. Not that he's old. But I. I just don't think he probably wanted to to go anywhere throughout all this. I could be wrong, but that's that's the way I'm looking at it. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. A couple other things I want to do. College basketball. I have a critique of the the announcing of the NCAA tournament, and maybe college bas yeah, you know what, college basketball in general, but it always always creeps up during. The, the tournament, because this is when we we all watch, and this is when there are announcers everywhere, teams playing, you know, announcers doing back-to-back games, and, you know, it's fun. It's a blast. I love the whole thing. here Here's my whole critique, though, is that announcers are obsessed with the coaches of teams. And I get it that it now more than ever, college basketball is is made up of players that leave after one and two, you know, years, and unless you're, you know, mid-major like Loyola. But 
They, it, we hear so much about the coaches, and then a star player or two on the team, and then we they never really teach you or obsess over or feature some of the other players on the team, and it it bothers me because. There are there are players that pop up in the NBA that were on rosters of teams that you didn't suspect were going to make it to the NBA. And it's always like, why didn't I hear more about that guy? Well, it's because a lot of times broadcasters get so caught up in the stars that they forget about some of the secondary guys. And I got to admit, like we're we're guilty of it to a degree when it has come to Loyola. You know, it's Crutwig and Williamson. That's really all you know about unless you do a deep dive. And then when you turn it over to a national audience, it's going to be even more like that because they just, they're not want, they don't have time to, nor really have a desire to study beyond some of the big headlines. So that, that is one thing that I would like. We're impressed with all your knowledge of, of the, of the head coaches for these teams, but I'd like to, I'd like to get a little bit more in depth with some of, of the other players. All right. And sprained all fields here. Cause I just have a few more minutes, but I, I like what I am really glad something about the, the Cubs and their starting rotation. You know, that if you've listened to me, I have been very worried about the, the starting pitching and like that—that that is why I don't think that they will be in the postseason this year. Because you have to look at the way I look at like a thumbnail of any starting staff is. Think about this if you're a Cubs fan right now. Do the Cubs have pitchers that could win in the playoffs? How would you line up your your playoff rotation? You can't, because there's one guy, and it's Kyle Hendricks. We don't know about Jake Arrieta. We don't know about Zach Davies. But I'm really happy that. They did put Adbert Alzali in there as a starter this year, as opposed to Alec Mills. Because I really thought that was what it was going to be, uh, that Alec Mills was going to be one of the starters. And the other guy is going to be Trevor Williams this year. But I was like, I don't I have no idea if Alzali is going to be any good. He may not be. He's been very average to maybe even below average. But there is some sort of potential there that hasn't been, possibly has not been unlocked yet. Whereas I got a pretty good idea of what Alec Mills is. Although I will say this about <laughs> about poor Alec Mills. Has there ever been a no-hitter as inconsequential or as meaningless as it turns out? Is what Alec Mills had a no-hitter last year and nobody really cares. Yeah, like, I'm thinking about these, like, inconsequential no-hitters. Philip Umber is a great one, and Julio threw that one at me. I remember Edwin Jackson had a, a no-hitter that was, like, a, like 200 pitches and eight walks, and he walked everybody, but but he, he got a no-hitter, which was incredible. I think back to somebody, like, there's been a lot of these probably, Clay Buckholes of the Boston Red Sox had one, and then I don't—I feel like we never heard from him again. I mean, I know we did, but like the, these these guys, yeah, Dallas Braden. There's another good one, absolutely. Um, where you think that that's such a mass, and it is like it's great. That's going to be like trophy number one for Alec Mills, probably his entire career. 
but you typically would think that something like that happens and you're a slam dunk starter for the next 10 years and Alec Mills essentially has been demoted <laughs> to the bullpen. Where's Phil Philip Umber? Where are you now? So yeah. Poor Alec Mills. But I'm glad Al Zalai is the starter. Real baseball this Thursday. Cubs Pirates 120 on the score. I gotta go. Thanks to Scott Merkin. Maddie Lee, Julio Rosale, Mike Rankin for putting this here show together and producing it. Bulls basketball is next. The Bulls at Golden State. Chuck Swirsky and Bill Wennington. I'll talk to you later on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.